Hey, this is Kevin from Kevin's Barbecue Joints, and welcome to the Kevin's Barbecue Joints podcast. And this one's fantastic. It's with Pat Martin from Martin's Barbecue Joint, as well as Hugh Babies. These discussions that I've had with Pat, I've had two on the podcast itself, have always been enriching, enlightening. I always learn something from them. And this one's great because he has a new book coming out called Life of Fire. I'll put a link below. It comes out March 15th. You can pre-order it. Go to your local bookstore and pre-order it as well. But this isn't a collection of recipes. This is a procedure book. This is a manual. I don't want to get too in-depth about specifically what it is and how it's broken down because Pat does. And Pat does in the most specific way throughout this interview. It's, it's fantastic. I know for a fact that you're going to want to purchase this book after hearing about this. I got a digital copy and after just scrolling through it and seeing the beautiful photos themselves and the detailed descriptions, I immediately decided to order it and pre-order it. So I'll be getting that hopefully a couple days after March 15th. But this one's really interesting. It's interesting because he talks about uh, how how the book came about and it's been many, many, many years in the works and the process and how arduous and difficult, how he wanted this to be something different for people and something useful for people, a tool. So Sit back, relax, enjoy this. This isn't super long, but Pat is knowledgeable and forthright and blunt. And it's just, this is just wonderful. I know you guys are going to enjoy this. I can't thank Pat enough for taking the time again to share his thoughts and share about his his book. It's it's going to be a phenomenal success. And I know it's something that many of you will treasure. If you're enjoying these, please subscribe. That way you don't miss out. Have a website at kevinsbbqjoints.com. But the end... Stay safe, visit your local barbecue joint, and make sure you get Life of Fire. It's going to be an amazing book. Good afternoon, Pat. How are you doing today? Well, I am doing good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing well. It's always always good to talk to you. And it's always good because and if you haven't watched the first two interviews that we've had, I can put a link to it. One of them was you were driving with someone sleeping in the car as the sun went down behind you. I think it was an event with you and Sam Jones. And then uh, Savannah Food and Wine, I believe. I think so, yeah. That, and it was this unique and different and cool but then the second one was during the pandemic but you're always so straightforward and blunt but not like mean blunt but just blunt and so I it's I, I was looking forward to catching up with you and talking to you then. Uh, so how, so what's your mindset right now how are you doing there was when we last talked the the downtown location was closed down for a moment just to because downtown was dead you said oh yeah it was dead um we closed down for um uh, I mean close to a year um and it was uh it's a real wrestling match with you know when you have banknotes out there um, and um you know going to the bank and just being like i don't know what to tell you other than here's what we're doing and you know it and and they were all like with everybody else like uh, banks for the most part were always under were understanding about what we were going through because it was impossible not to try to be empathetic I think most landlords were some that weren't um, no question some that weren't, but they kind of had their hands tied too. So, yeah. but it was, um, I took the road of being, I didn't ever want the banker to call me. So I called the banker and I would That's be smart. advice. I'd be like, I just would call them and check up and be like, here's, here's my financials from last period, even though you didn't ask for them and here's what we're doing. And I'd have no answers. Uh, I'm just, I need to get open worse than you need me to pay my note. And so we worked through all that and actually got paid back. And, um, you know, like they basically put 
loans in a dormancy or hibernation, so to speak, oh, for six months and some cases with some people a year. And um, I really drove in on counting our pennies and getting down to our operations. And uh, we got that paid back pretty quickly and, and got back to uh, current. So everything's good. Like I said, I told you earlier, I've, I lost one location of Martin's out of the, um, out of COVID and uh, lost one of my Hugh babies, my hamburger concept out of COVID. But outside of just one each from each concept, that was all we lost. So that's actually very, very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Very blessed. That's, that's not as bad as it could have been. And at the time when we spoke, it was pretty dire and, and it was very questionable as to what the future held. We, we didn't necessarily couldn't see what we're, what it, how it is right now. And it's just, I'm glad, like, I'm glad I have an opportunity to talk to you. And there's a lot of people that I was just, I was so concerned when I was just here in Los Angeles sequestered thinking all my friends are having trouble. And it's just, it, I didn't know what to do. And it was, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad, so I'm glad Leeds we're at this point. And then how long have you been working? Cause you have a new book, Life of Fire that's coming out and it looks just gorgeous. It comes out March 15th. I'll, this will come out before March 15th. So people can pre-order it. And I'll put links below to all that. And local bookstores would be great too if you can go to your local bookstore and you could order. I don't know if people know you could just go to your bookstore and order it, and they'll bring it and ship it in. How long has this book been, book been in the works? And this is—it's an interesting concept. I want you to kind of describe how you set it up. It's different than most books. Uh, yeah. So I um, uh, was fortunate enough to be asked by Clarkson Potter. Uh, I wasn't looking for a book deal. Um, uh, Francis Lamb was the editor and Francis reached out and uh, oh. asked me if I would consider doing a book. And I was like, I mean, he and I have, were our friends and we've been friends for a while through the Southern Foodways lines. Mm -hmm. um, His name is so, so familiar with so many articles. Yeah. And I was like, man, what the heck do you want? Like, why do you, nobody's going to buy my book? Like, why do you want me to do a book? And anyway, he, um, you know, he asked me if I'd do it. I was like, yeah. And so the cliff notes is, is we started in 16 late. I think it was actually based on a Merry Christmas text or Happy New Year is one or the other uh, in late oh, 16. Funny. Really it was 17 um, for different reasons. We didn't really start, start the book until fall of 18. So okay. technically I've been at it for five years, but it really was uh, more like three and a half getting it done, you know, but it was, um, I had a writer because I knew I didn't have the bandwidth to write a book. Uh, and all jokes aside, my ADD is so, I, I mean, it's, uh, it's crippling. It's one of the, it's the biggest blessing I've ever had, but it's all still doesn't take away from the fact that it's just a, a crippling thing. Mm -hmm. So I figured that I would, you know, find a ghostwriter and let him just talk with me and get everything out of my mind and he can write the book. And that was it. And that's, that's not how it, went down it was one of the most taxing things top five it without question top 10 hardest things i've ever done in my life professionally <laughs> yeah it was, it was top five because it just what comes so naturally because in barbecue you know it's not this book is not a recipe book it's a procedure book it's mm -hmm. a manual um i wanted to write a book that was mentorish in mm -hmm. nature where you know, it's so like the whole hog chapter alone or the whole hog procedure alone is 33 pages because I go down way down deep rabbit hole yeah, uh, on reading coals and just <clears throat> as if I was there with you. Right. You know, so anyway, going through stuff that's so instinctual to me and 
telling it to you for you to put on paper for somebody over here to read and understand and be able to take those instructions and produce it. I underestimated that as an understatement. Like mm-hmm. I just, I, it got frustrating, not in a bad way. Our, my writer and I were great. He's a great guy, Nick Fischel, extremely talented, gifted writer. But anyway, it took a while. Also, uh, because of the nature of the book, it's not, as I said, it's a procedure book. It's not a recipe book. So I don't start with appetizers and, yeah, you know, and a matter of fact, I'll come to that in just a second about what the book is not. But because the book follows basically a, an arc, so to speak, of the life of, they said life of fire, you know, cause that's a sexier thing to say on the book, but really it's the life of coals. And uh, it starts with green young coals, you know, that are just out of the chimney starter, so to speak, you know, there may be a couple of them still have some pop to them, you know, because they haven't completely uh, burned off. So we, we started there and it goes all the way to the end to where we, in my smokehouse, I have an old school smokehouse, and using my granddad's cure recipe and using very small fire um, to get eight and 10 hour burn times and, and cold smoking country hams and all that. In the middle, in the middle though, is straight barbecue and it's old school barbecue. It's pit barbecue. There's no smokers in this book. There is no beef in this book. I wanted to be specific to the region that I'm at mm-hmm. and um, I know that everything is crossing boundaries and lines. Now the regionality of barbecue is quickly fading in a thing of the past. And I, uh, the old, tradi- the old traditionalists in me think that's thinks that that is, um, a shame, but, um, I also think it's great because it opens barbecue up. Whereas people in my neck of the woods only eat pork or now starting to eat brisket. It, it, it just opens a guest up to more, to a broader view of barbecue. Right. And so anyway, when we started the conversation of the book, I wanted to tell, I told Francis exactly what I did not want the book to be. And I did not want it to be the typical Father's Day release, you know, freaking mango habanero, foil wrap, baby backs, like just all that, you know, all the BS um, stuff. I wanted to really get down into um, cooking old school barbecue and really learning how to cook with feel. Um, so there's no temperature gauges in this book. I do give you temperatures to keep by, and I do advise you on the front end, but the design of this and the intent of this is to teach the reader as best I can from afar through a book, the old ways of, uh, traditional Southern pit barbecue. And if you can learn that, then nothing is intimidating to you. I don't care if you walked up with pick your pick, whatever, and you've got a smoker or you've got a Weber grill or you've got to put stack some rocks. doesn't matter. Cooking is all about heat and managing heat and understanding that and, and how it flows and airflow. And uh, so uh, this was um, this book is very arduous. It's a it's a book that if you're a barbecue purist, you're going to go through it a bunch, like just like looking at it, reading it. Um, don't have to always agree with me. I'm not, I'm not some savant that's got all the right answers. This is just my way of what I, how I was taught from Harold Thomas almost 35 years ago and how he cooked real pit barbecue. I, the backbone of the book, so to speak, is uh, West Tennessee style whole yeah. hog, which is which still, 
still widely ignored and and untouched a lot of people don't even writers don't know mm -hmm. that that's a thing but and it is there's only three of us left in the state still doing it when i learned how to do it there were six in one county and that's a whole nother conversation maybe we can yeah. have a podcast on the economics yeah. of barbecue and why barbecue has died off because people still view it as our peasant food and so when barbecue restaurateurs bump their price up 50 cents the cut the guest base is pissed about it yeah yeah you know and but they'll go down and pay 12 bucks for a burger that took oh. <laughs> eight minutes to yeah so, you know, start cook finish top you got to your table and you're like no problem and it's got to look so, big like a big knife through it and it <laughs> yeah man we're over here cooking you know with rest mm. and everything involved whether it's brisket hogs or shoulders even boston butts you're cooking stuff for 12 hours plus in my case mm. for hogs up to 24 hours so you know, and I'm, I'm, I got people, man, I'm at six ninety nine a sandwich right now. It's, it's in Nashville. And if I go to freaking, if I were to go to seven ninety, if I were to go to seven ninety nine, I mean, would everybody revolt? No, but there would be. Yeah, there'd be brushback for sure. Be brushback. You've gotten too big for your bread. I mean, I've gotten it. You know, like yeah. already when I, I opened up at four dollars a sandwich. So anyway, the economics of barbecue has really. I would love to delve deeper into that. And I, we've touched on it a little bit about the whole hog a couple of times ago, but, and it was something that I wanted to explore deeper with you because it is sad and it, it's, it's, there aren't many left and there's some people, you know, obviously doing whole hog every so often. No, it's not, but I, but I still applaud the fact that they're doing that. And I hope that everybody still does that, even if they do it once a year, yeah, I agree. once a month, because it just keeps that, it does keep that alive. And, um, my opinion, back in people's mind that it exists. Yeah, my opinion, whole hog barbecue is um, I definitely know and actually respect and can understand a Texan disagreeing with what I'm about to say. But I do believe that whole hog barbecue really is when you think about American barbecue, going back to the roots of our country, that it's really it's really it was cooking hogs. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, George Washington wrote, has wrote about it twice in his diaries. They're in the Library of Congress, you know, going to a whole hog barbecue. So. So anyway, the backbone of the book is, is West Tennessee whole hog and a block pit. Uh, I go into the fact that I think a block pit, and I do think a block pit is the uh, best, and I'm, I hardly ever in my life use the word best, but uh, I think it's the best at the very least. It's my favorite way to cook barbecue because it's a mortarless pit. It's, it's, it's stacked, it's dry stacked, you know, and the thing, the thing about a, a block pit like that is is that it breathes like uh like a set of lungs okay like, so it breathes air in on all sides right so you don't have the hot spots that you get like you get in a smoker mm -hmm. like and you know we all manipulate again it's just managing heat mm -hmm. okay so it's not that uh say an offset smoker on a trailer is not as good as this what I really should clarify saying is I think this gives you the best opportunity to be successful because you don't have to figure out hot spots and moving stuff around and moving it over to this corner over here because this corner's hot. Mm -hmm. It's, it's happening yeah, happen all the time. Yeah. So we get in deep dive into that before that though, we get into um, open pit barbecue, which is, you know, about 15, 18 inches off the ground and you're totally exposed to the elements uh, specifically airflow. And um, it's, it's the, uh, in a lot of ways from a festive side, it's the easiest thing to do. Like if you're going to have friends over, like, or it's the funnest, it's most, it's the most interactive 
because it's not in a closed environment. You've got to peek and look at it. Like it's right there. Tried not to use grill at all in this book, but the publisher, I, I, I had to give up some battles for that because I didn't want people to think that anything about this, that this was a grilling book. Again, back to the cliches. Yeah. But it basically is a, a, a larger grill, so to speak, but it's elevated and yeah. you have, you keep, you're cooking indirectly, but you know, that's ribs and whole chickens and pigs. I go into between, you know, say 30 and 50 pounds that don't have the collagen in their muscles uh, to barbecue traditionally. So these cook a little hotter. We cook on open pit around 250, 275, whereas whole hogs, we cook at 200. But anyway, it's open pit. And then it kind of stares up into spit barbecue, whole animal. Again, um, it's either it's either whole animals or whole primals. We get into um, obviously what I was talking about before, which is a block pit. And then I even cover uh, cooking a hog on the ground, which every that's the big romantic thing. Whenever you meet somebody who's like, ah, you know, my uncle used to do that. They did yeah. a whole every year, you know, like everybody, like I went to that, but the fact is it's the most open pit heart barbecue is the hardest barbecue is the hardest method. I think to produce a consistent uh, end meal. Okay. Hog in the ground is the most dangerous because it dirt earth is so efficient that once that hog starts to render, if you don't, once you have to refire it, if you don't open that lid up the right way, it's going up and you're going to burn uh. it. And you might as well just sit back and pull up a chair and watch it burn <laughs> up. No saving it. You ain't getting it off. So we go through all the old ways of pit barbecue, so to speak. And um, it's kind of shouldered between that. It's shouldered on, um, I took my grandma, all my, the way we ate growing up. I was born in Memphis and our, both of our families, both sides are from the same town in Mississippi, Corinth, Mississippi. When I was little, we moved up to Connecticut because my dad took a job as an uh, institutional bond trader. And so he had a, a Wall Street job. And then we'd come home in the summers and Mississippi. Them, my granddad died. He farmed. So when he died, we moved back. You know, it's all the stuff that we ate growing up, you know, because there wasn't Southern food up north, you know, so like butter beans and purple whole peas and all oh. that. Um, but a lot of the stuff, like when you get into okra and all that was fried, you know, skillet fried. And so I love skillet fried okra. But years ago, I started just what would this be like? I mean, years like 20 years. What would this be like grilled? What would this be like charred? And so I took all those favorites I had as a kid and um, put them over live fire. Like I've, I've been doing in pop-ups and dinners for years. And I wanted to highlight that, that, you know, like we even do some, uh, a little grill basket. We do some butter beans and, you know, I, I, I park cook them and then finish them off and char them and then whatever. And then on the other shoulder, obviously is the smokehouse, you know, where sausage, sock sausage, the old breakfast sausage and, whole bellies for bacon and country hams and the whole process of the country ham. And then there, I guess the only thing that's traditional about this book is that like we were talking about that I didn't go like appetizers, main, you know, entrees or whatever is the dessert section. And when we got to the dessert section, I basically almost for all intents and purposes, bowed out, bowed off the stage, handed the baton off to my mom. Oh, that's mom. Mom basically kind of has, uh, kind of a book within a book. It's all of our families. It's got nothing to do with barbecue and grilling, none, none of that. It's, uh, I mean, I have a recipe for charred peaches in there I love, and my buddy Tandy's watermelon with chili oil and mint and um, Maldine salt. But outside of that, it's all, it's all my family's 
cakes oh. and pies and stuff that I just let mom handle that. And so, oh, I can't wait to get to that part. That's that's a long winded. That's how the, ni- no, but how nice is that too? That to to celebrate her and to have her have a chance to have an opportunity to be in your book. That's special, really special. Oh, it's very special. I mean, she's my mom, you know. And yeah, exactly. She's she's wildly talented i think the reason that i even had interest in cooking which i won't get into here but watching my dad and my grandfather's fire up a grill refusing to never buy a gas grill um and having an old weber grill and me asking him like you know my buddy bill long bill's got his his dad's got a gas grill and my dad literally one day he's a nice meek man he's like we don't do it that way we do it this way and that stuck with me yeah that that kind of like traditionalist like this is how we do this we change our oil this way we shave this way we light our fires to our grills this way over here to the women in my family my grandmothers my aunt kathy and my aunt, my mom were uh, legendary especially bakers legendary cooks around northeast mississippi so being in around a kitchen i was all my life, you know, and so you can't, that can't not rub off on you. And it just happens to be that I found my way into barbecue when I went to Freed Hardeman and found Whole Hog. Yeah. Well, and it also seems like what you're doing is, and a lot of, a lot of people get books and they'll kind of skim through them and then it, you see them on their shelf or they'll see them uh, like stacked up, but it sounds like you're creating like a tool, toolkit. Like it's a, it's not, it's a tool that people can use. It's a manual. It's something that I, 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 I I'm so excited to actually get my hands on it because I've just I've just seen a copy of it uh, digitally and it it looks gorgeous too. Who took all the who took the photos with? Oh, Andy Lee. He is uh, he's top three best photographers in my opinion out there. He's he's actually that's just not my opinion either. But I mean, he's becoming widely regarded as one of the top cookbook photographers there are. He's out of Atlanta, but Andy is unbelievably passionate. The reason this book took so long. Also is because it, because it wasn't a recipe as a procedure book means that the book was picture heavy. Mm-hmm. So usually, you know, when you write a book, like they say, okay, um, nine months from now, deliver us 120 recipes or 140 recipes. And then they take the recipes and give them to a photographer who the writer or the, the writer or the creator actually most time never meets. And the publisher will say, shoot these 30 recipes out of the 120 right and then they send those 30 in the publisher puts them in the book but because this is a procedure book i'm i made it known quick that i wanted i I needed to i had to have all my fingerprints on the pictures so Mm. andy jumped in and he took over five thousand pictures (laughs) and uh i couldn't say i mean it's 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 literally 20 times more than what you would take. And it was because we were trying to get so much of the procedural pictures in, not so much just step by step by step by step, but at least to give you the reader know with all this dialogue over mm-hmm. here, like here's, here's where we at pictorially. And he is uh, absolutely gifted, man. I mean, um, he got it, but he was into it with his heart. And I can't tell you how much- a- That's important. Yeah, I mean, I have so many buddies who've written cookbooks, man. And a lot of them, like I said, have never met their photographer. And there's a synergy with that. Like there's a, there's a play, you know, much like a musician and a producer, like mm-hmm. it'd be like producing an album or singing an album. You don't even meet your producer. Yeah, that would just be. I don't understand how people do that, but they do. But this book is 300, I don't know, 20 pages or 10, 10 or 20 pages, but it only has 60 recipes in it. 
Yeah, you I know, noticed that. You, if you take out the front end of like kind of the vegetable stuff I did, I mean, we're down to, uh, shoot, 35. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of the book. I still feel a little bit like there may be some spots in it that like I'm afraid to kind of look through it because I'm afraid I'm going to see something I forgot. That, that's life. That's how things go. Like I, it's, it's probably, you know, you're going to feel that way just with any, with any, any kind of project that you work on at the end. There's always that one little thing or two little things that you forgot. How do you do? How do you feel though right now? Do you feel good that it's going out into the world? Is that like what is that feeling like for you? Oh because man, I feel I feel very good. I feel great that it's going out in the world. I'm proud. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm proud to be somebody that was asked to do a book, and I have a book out there. I mean, when people past couple of weeks, the term author has been applied to me, and it's the it's like I'm not really an author, man, but. <laughs> an author like yeah. uh but it feels good it's going out but i will tell you i'm glad it's over yeah, yeah. um I, I will say i think that has offset some of my like excitement that a book is going out on top of the fact that i'm i'm 49 and have these restaurants and family i'm just you know nothing really gets me too high anymore like <laughs> yeah like, it's, you felt it. it's and it's but, probably better for your mindset to stay yeah there. it is it is i'm very excited very proud it's going out but man i can't tell you what uh the freeing of bandwidth for me that it was over i mean my whole company everybody from my coo down they're just like whoa this is 180 <laughs> degrees pat you are like back in our cheerios every day and i'm like yes i am let's talk about nice to see you where you've been let's talk about management now. schedules and let's talk about cleaning smokers and pits oh, out <laughs> Oh yeah. And, and doing it in the middle of COVID and doing it during this, like, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, either Skype or Zoom or so many emails. There's probably so no, much stuff. Like, Actually, uh, man, most of the book was, um, especially the pictures was shot right before COVID hit. Okay, we had good. the meat of the book done before COVID hit. Oh, so okay. okay. Clean up, but, okay. but the reason uh, COVID delayed the release, gotcha. <clears throat> uh, this book was supposed to come out two years ago. Okay. Then it then it was last year, and um, so we just we just it just really had an influence really on delaying the release. And you wanted last to get year, it. We spent a lot of time cleaning it up, you know, like final edits and all that. Yeah. But, um, the meat of it was was already done. And you're getting it out two days before St. Patrick's Day, right? That's like the big. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just you a jackass because I know that was you wanted a Father's Day thing. No, but this is this is. I'm excited for you. And when, to be honest, when I, I didn't even know that you had, a, I wasn't aware because we had talked and you didn't mention it. And so I, and then when I heard you had a book, I'm like, oh, this is very intriguing because you're, I knew that if you did it, it would be something specific and to you. And this feels like this is you coming through the book. Obviously it's your voice and it's something this, this feels very true well, to you. I wrote it all. I mean, I, everything in there is me. It just was Nick was the one typing it and putting it together exactly yeah. and cleaning it up, which is by the way a massive job. Oh, cleaning up especially the the first vomit of information, so to speak, where mm -hmm. just all out. I mean, it, it's a huge job for a writer like Nick to have to take all that, decipher it, clean it up. Oh yeah. So um, you know, I didn't leave anything to another writer. Like I don't know how we're going to do these green beans. You just put a recipe in there. <laughs> no, of course not. That's not you. But, but yeah, man, it was, um, it's, it was, um, I, it is very specific to your point. And, you know, much like the reason there's no beef in there is I'm very proud of, I think any of us that cook barbecue would sit here and tell you that, like, I don't know if mine's 
where mine would be in consideration of whatever, but I'm, when I want to cook a brisket, I'm, I'm proud of our brisket, but it's not what I do. It's not what we came up doing, you know, and um, I just wanted to stay true to what, what one Martin's barbecue and Pat Martin was, but even going back to Harold Thomas, I mean, the Thomas and Webb, that's where I learned. He didn't have brisket there. And yeah. I didn't put brisket on the menu to the night before I literally opened Martin's barbecue. And it's because I got scared. Really? You never told me that. Yeah. Bo, my only employee at the time was like, you know, man, we're in Nashville and we got all these Texas transients. If you don't cook the brisket, they're not going to come. It's scary. I was like, well, shit, they're not going to freak me. <laughs> I literally went to Sam's and I was like, do y'all have a brisket? Yeah. He brings it out and I look at it and I size it up. This is 06. I size up. It was like, it's about the size of a shoulder, a little bit smaller. I got that. And so I went on and, you know, that was it. But um, so you had some brisket sandwiches on the menu? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, they weren't good. Uh, <laughs> it took, it, took it, it wasn't probably until about eight or nine years ago. I was like, all right, I'm going to. I looked at brisket the way I looked at chicken tenders. Like it was for the people who. Mm. It was, you know, like kind of like kids are like, they're not going to come in and eat barbecue or anything. So you just give them chicken dinners and it's like, you know, they're almost like a veto vote. And that's kind of the way I looked at brisket. And I didn't really start looking at it like seriously as like being, putting it out there as something I'm proud of until probably seven or eight years ago. Yeah. You know, even, even now brisket's such a tricky thing. Arguably, sometimes it could be considered trickier than hogs, cooking hogs. Uh, but, you know, it's, um, I just kept it out. You know, I just didn't see a, a need to put beef in the book. Yeah. I'd, I'm really happy for you. This is killer. This is fun. And I'll, and I'll, I'll spread this. I'll spread the word on this. I think this is something that a lot of people that listen to this and watch this and that I'm friends with uh, are interested in a whole hog. I think it's something that it's some people are scared of. And I think that, that maybe this is nice to it. It won't, it's not demystifying anything, but it at least it kind of gets their head closer to maybe. Yeah. And that's, I tell you, Kevin, that's why like the open pit stuff is in there because it's, we get, you know, take catering, for example. I mean, it's probably almost every day we get somebody call and go, Hey, we want to get a whole hog uh, for this party. It's like, uh, my girl's like, okay, well, how big's your party? And I'm like, it's like 30 of us. And we're like, yeah, that makes 230 sandwiches. So let's steer you away from a whole hog. Yeah, exactly. And in this book, what I wanted to do is, is uh, offer the, the knowledge not just the experience, but the knowledge of real pit barbecue without you having to invest the money and really the time and frankly, the risk of screwing it up your first time on a whole 200 pound block pit hog, right? Yeah, yeah. Or hog in the ground. So the open pit and the spit barbecue is where I, I'm, I'm very happy. One, because I don't know that I don't, I have a lot of cookbooks. Like it's, I've turned into a collector and I don't even know it. I've probably got seven. Right seven. <laughs> I don't know that many, but I have a lot. You know, I don't, I don't know anywhere where anybody's really addressed cooking open pit barbecue or cooking a hog on the ground or a spit. So I wanted to put those in there because I know them very well. But as I was writing them, I was like, you know, this 35, a 35 pound pig for a day is, is perfect for people. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, they can have fun and it's great. Yeah. And they can really hone their skills on them. I mean, you can cook on open pit, you can cook on anything because mm -hmm. it's the hardest to regulate temp, right? But I really, I really am glad that I, I covered those so I could give people other options than just diving off into That's smart. Mm -hmm. a 30 hour process from beginning to end, not completely cook, but 
starting a fire four hours before you're going to put a hog on, baking the ground off, getting the blocks, the air in the blocks hot so they're radiant back and you're worn out. You know, so I talk about all that too. Like, you know, don't show up with your cowboy boots and all this stuff, man. Freaking Nike, how comfortable that that Yeti chair is the most comfortable folding chair. Go buy it. I don't care if it is $300, buy it. Because the next day when you get done cooking that hog, you are going to be so, if you don't do that the right way and hydrate, don't sit up all night playing whiskey or drinking whiskey and doing all that. Yeah. You're going to, you're not going to enjoy the next day. Mm -hmm. So the open pit really is a nice meat in the middle. It, you know what's funny is you're the very first person I ever saw do whole hog. And I think it was like diners, drivings, and dives. I think it was like that. I don't hate to say it, but it's you hate to say it. Guys, guys guy has been amazing for restaurants. Has done more for middle yeah. America restaurants than anybody, and he gets way too much crap. And it's 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 a shame. I would I I celebrate him all the time. But I, I, love I, I Tony Bourdain. That. Tony Bourdain shot, you know, he shot at my house and I loved him. But this whole like, okay, we're gonna be the cool chef hipsters and be on this camp and the guy Fieri people cheese bags like it's uh guys uh, and he's embraced his persona too which is funny i think that's great and no he and it's 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 amazing too that what he's done for the food network and how he's helped so many small restaurants during covid he was so helpful and he and he's part of barbecue um, operation barbecue relief whenever there's stuff in the west coast he's always helping out yeah yeah i hate to say, i mean i hate to say like it was a food network i wish it was what i meant was i wish i was there personally and saw it and it wasn't just on the food network that i but it, yeah, yeah. that was an entree for a lot of people to to be introduced to a lot of people and especially you but i remember seeing that and i thought that is so different than something i've seen in los angeles and it just seems so mystical yeah. and I, I this is killer and the fact that i know you and i can't wait to i can't wait to see you in person but this is great is there anything else that people should know that march 15th is when they can order pre-ordered online anywhere yeah, it's, but. On, it's on amazon and barnes and noble and all those all the websites it's been yeah. on it's been on there since right i don't know maybe before late december i guess okay but yeah it's on there um i hope folks will um feel the need and desire to spend the 35 bucks for the book um i don't yeah. i'd like to think that people won't regret that um i do again think it's like a you know, you collect a lot of books too. I've, I've got all these books and there's probably five or 10 that I go mm -hmm. back to again and again. Yeah. You know, when I really want to deep dive off into um, Italian food, I'm picking up Cooking by Hand by Paul Bertoli. Mm -hmm. Black and white pictures, very few pictures, very unsexy book, but it's a, it's a freaking manual for Italian cooking. Mm -hmm. it's, an, it's, an, it's an absolute manual. And that's kind of what I wanted uh, Life Fire to be. It was like a real manual on the procedural aspect of old school pit barbecue. That's awesome. Well, it seems like it. And uh, I'll also, once I uh, once I get a copy of it, I'll try to do some sort of review of it. Not review, just a uh, celebration discussion about it. Like a review. I hate, fucking, hate reviews for anything. Kevin, I appreciate it. Thanks um, again for having me on your podcast again. You're a, you're a foundational stalwart on the podcast. <laughs> for us in our world and you have been for years and it's always an honor to be on your show so thank, thank you. you that means the world to me all right buddy thank all you right. have a good one have a good week see you